Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is, what day is it? It's Wednesday. It took me a second, but it is Wednesday. Packers in the throes of the offseason. Lots of consternation, lots of hand-wringing. Will he, won't he? It's all about Aaron Rodgers. Guess what? Not today, Zerg. little shout-out to Toy Story there. I'm going to talk about the young guys. I'm going to talk about so many players on this team promising young talent that we saw across the board throughout this season start to come to the fore. Now, yes, are there plenty of guys that I'm sure you guys in the comments will bring up about how disappointing they were, how they didn't reach potential, or maybe didn't advance, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I'm talking about the dudes who gave us something to look forward to. Obviously, you got to start with Christian Watson, the way he completely exploded onto the scene after, let's face it, some Packers fans had started to grumble and already dismiss him early in the season. That Cowboys game bursting onto the national scene, one of the most watched games of the year in the National Football League. Clearly, from that moment on, you saw the potential. You saw the game-breaking ability. Regardless of who was that quarterback, by the way, You can tell what a major chess piece this kid is going to be going forward. And that's the other thing. Going forward, talk about potential. What's scary about Christian Watson, and this has got to get you excited as a Packers fan, all the narratives this offseason, you're going to hear about the quarterback position, obviously. You're going to hear about Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. You're going to hear about cap hell, right? You're going to hear about what are they going to do in free agency? Are they even going to be able to do anything in free agency? What are they going to do in the draft, et cetera, and down the line? And I get it. I understand it. It is all part of the offseason and moving forward and how this team is going to be constructed. But I'm telling you what, Christian Watson, what he displayed this year in the minimal kind of half a season, essentially, is only scratching the surface of his potential. Now, as with any rookie, when you talk about making that jump right from year one to year two, A lot, if not most of it, is down to him, the individual player, making the commitment to get better, to be great. And that is down to the player himself. I've seen nothing to suggest that Christian Watson won't absolutely attack this offseason the way every Packers fan in the world is undoubtedly hoping he will. Because let me tell you what, you talk about a special blue chip potential player sitting there for the Green Bay Packers. In the next decade plus, Christian Watson's that guy. You talk about special players who tilt the field. Christian Watson is that dude. And he's only started. He hasn't even scratched his potential yet. As a Packers fan, that's got to get you incredibly excited. Um, and then, of course, there's his running mate, Romeo Dobbs, who showed us so much during training camp. So much during the regular season as far as his ability, you saw the glimpses, right? Now, you also saw some of the frustrations, definitely saw the drops in the preseason, saw drops in the regular season. Hell, we saw a pretty devastating drop on Sunday night. But look, I could uh, cut you up something from Devontae Adams' rookie year, his drops. I could cut you up something from Jordy Nelson early in his career with his drops. And the list goes on. There's plenty of Packers receivers who had, you know, maybe not drop issues, but problems with drops in their rookie season. 
you've seen the potential again from Romeo Dobbs. Is he the breakout kind of X factor blue chip player that Christian Watson is? No, of course he's not. But you talk about a kid who has got it all as far as ability, athletic ability, football intelligence, and also only scratching the surface of his potential. You talk about a one-two punch. Let's go. And then also, I know the narrative around Quay Walker will undoubtedly be somewhat negative throughout the offseason due to the fact that he did get thrown out Sunday night, second time this season. Can't have it. I've already seen articles about the discipline issues with Matt LaFleur and how Matt's going to have to focus on that. And that, Okay, we'll talk about that some other time. But you cannot deny the play on the field from Quay Walker only improved as the year went on. He played extremely well on Sunday night prior to the incident, and he played extremely well down the stretch. This kid was a bit inconsistent at times. He certainly started a bit rough early in the year as far as especially run defense, overrunning things, getting caught up in the wash, interior linemen getting up on him and erasing him from certain plays. All true, no doubt about it. But you also saw him really come into his own the last month of the season. I thought, again, he played extremely well Sunday night. And this is just, again, a rookie who now has a full offseason in the weight room, studying the playbook, getting into the scheme of things, and really kind of continuing to develop and hopefully make that big-time jump from year one to year two. You talk about a cornerstone, someone you can really build a defense around. Quay is that guy. Again, I know I saw somebody citing his wonderlick. I mean, I thought we were past this. I thought we as a society had come to the understanding of how useless that test score is, but apparently not. Apparently, we're going to continue to use it as a you know a blunt instrument to bludgeon young men with when it has absolutely nothing to do with their ability on a football field. Also, oh, by the way, has nothing to do with why he shoved that trainer. An act which, by the way, he owned completely. Unlike people who are hiding behind, oh, let's, uh, I'm just giving impartial analysis, so let me throw out this completely irrelevant test score. Come on, internet. Be better than that. Just want to say hello to everybody in the comment section as I'm uh, ranting and raving here. Hello to everyone in the comment section. So many fine folks up in here. Brandy's here. Brandy, I want to say shout out to Brandy Lewis because Brandy, it's always good to see you and your husband on the happy hour. Week after week, Cheesehead TV, Patreon, and Carry the G Happy Hour. And I will say, you do yeoman's work during the watch parties as uh, one of our moderators. You understand, like, I'm, like, engrossed in the game. Corey told me about something that was going on during watch party on Sunday. I had no idea that Brandy, like, just took care of. That's why we love Brandy. Because she's awesome. And she takes no shit. So, hey, Brandy, you're the best. I'm, I'm so happy you're here. And thank you for all your help. Um, all the complicated fellas here, always good. Jeff starts us off with a super chat. What's up, man? Now that they're eliminated, are they eligible for hard knocks, even if it's unwillingly? I do not believe they are. I mean, essentially, there there's a very you know kind of uh, long kind of list of reasons or um, qualifications or demands that the NFL has as far as when they can make you do hard knocks. You have to miss the playoffs two years in a row. That's one of the requirements. 
So the Packers only missed one year in a row. So the NFL can't quite twist their arm on that one quite yet. Um, oh, man. It would be fascinating, though. It would be fascinating to watch a hard knocks. First, the NFL like make the Packers do hard knocks. But then to watch how the Packers handled it. And by the Packers, I mean like PR and 1265 Lombardi, how they would handle it. That'd be incredible. I mean, I know we know Matt doesn't want to do it. Matt has put it out there point blank. He doesn't ever want to have that in the building. I will say, though, they just got swept by a team that was on hard knocks this past year in the Detroit Lions. Interesting. You mean it didn't completely ruin their culture? It didn't absolutely expose all their secrets? It wasn't a competitive disadvantage? Huh. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Hmm. Do hard knocks, people. It's fun. God forbid. You've seen fun, right? You know what that is. You've seen other people have it. Come on, 1265 Lombardi. Let your hair down a little bit. Jake, thanks for Super Chat. Appreciate you all so much this season. Keep it up. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate you, man. Really appreciate it. Vex, what's up, man? Before I read your Super Chat, Vex, you're a real one, man. You're here every day. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Remember when Murphy was going to clear up communication? Didn't seem to work as this organization is lacking a cohesive plan. Also, this team forgot 12 needed fixing, and that's why Matt LaFleur was hired. Yeah, I understand what you're saying there is the Murphy thing, right? But you got to remember, there's a lot of conversations that happen without the public knowing about them or knowing where they're headed and what they're trying to do. I mean, for all we know, you know, there was always a plan as far as, okay, we're going to bring Rodgers back for a couple of years and then we're going to transition to love. We don't know, right? We have no clue what they've talked about behind closed doors. And I understand, like, you look at the contracts, you look at how they speak in public, and you think, oh, my God, it's kind of a rudderless ship. But you have to think behind the scenes, there's a lot more going on than we're privy to. I mean, who knows? Maybe they are completely flying blind. I just refuse to believe that, especially when you look at the job Russ Ball has done, keeping them basically afloat every year in the last three years. Um, yeah, I, um, I refuse to believe that. But I feel you, man. I feel you. Ryan, thank you for the super chat. Transplants, waiting for a Corey rant. Tomorrow night. Transplants will be tomorrow night. We had an event in our Green Bay offices. Um, usually Transplants is produced out of Green Bay. Uh, Corey is at his house. A producer is in LiveX in Green Bay. And then I'm in the podcast studio here in New York. Uh, but tonight there's an event at LiveX. So we're going to be doing it tomorrow night. So... Set your calendars, people, because Corey's got some stuff to say, as he always, always does. Tomorrow night, transplants. Uh, Luke, thanks for the super chat. I literally was going to talk about Watson and Walker. You nailed it. So not that you care. Weird Fishes is my Radiohead fave. Oh, I love that song, dude. I love that song. That's one of those songs that is really hard for me to return to, though, because it gets me really emotional every time I hear it. So. But awesome song, dude. Uh, I want to give a shout out. Who was who that? Uh, Damien. I think that's really well put. Thanks for checking out the stream, by the way. Uh, Damien has a very simple message here. Quay is a stud, needs to mature. I think that's pretty clear and pretty obvious and point blank right. You know, you can be incredibly talented and still have to mature. I think that's exactly where Quay is. Still a very young man. Man, I was doing some stupid shit when I was his age. He's way, way ahead of where I was. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. Abdul, thanks for the super chat. 
Longtime listener and a new Patreon member. Well, thank you for the support. Really appreciate it. Thanks for everything you do. If you were Matt LaFleur, what coaching staff changes, if any, would you make? That's an interesting question. Um, I've said it a couple times. I would try to see if I could shake Justin out and loose from Denver. Uh, he was the tight ends coach under LaFleur through the last like three years, and then he went to Denver to be their offensive coordinator. He was calling the plays for Denver after Nathaniel Hackett got fired. I thought he did a really good job. I think he's a phenomenal young coach. I think he's got a ton of talent and a really bright future and a really creative offensive mind. You talk about an offense that is in need of said young, creative offensive mind. Uh, that's the Green Bay Packers. So I would try to get out and back. But I know a lot has been talked about Nathaniel Hackett, and I get it. Totally understand it. And maybe that happens. I have no idea. But much more so than Hackett, I would try to get out and back. I think that would pay dividends, so to speak. Sean, thanks for the super chat. Thanks for being more like a friend to us and not a reporter. Cheesehead TV is the only Packers product we consume all year, and you and Corey are the reason why. Sean, that's incredibly kind of you. I mean, we are you, you know? Look, look I've had this conversation a lot, both publicly and with people in within the organization. We're just, we're not, we don't pretend to be something we're not. We're Packers fans. We're just like you guys, you know? Obviously, the kind of line that we straddle a little bit is that I do have somewhat some kind of access as far as when I'm in town for camp, you know, when I'm, I can go to the press conferences. I I could be sitting in the press box for the games if I cho chose to be, but I don't. You know, we do the watch parties instead. So I've got a little bit of a different kind of relationship with the team than most fam bloggers and YouTubers do. But, man, we're just fans. And there are plenty of people, both on the beat and in the national media, that you can point at and go, all right, be honest. You know, it's like, we're not, the whole thing, the whole canard of like, I just want to tell good stories. Like, you're not cheering for the team or rooting for certain outcomes. Like, come on. I understand it. And some, look, some people are truly just doing exactly that, right? Um, but, yeah, we don't try to hide what we are. We're Packers fans. And like here... Whether it's daily, whether it's watch party, we're just hanging out and talking ball, man. And that's kind of the nature of what we want to do. And I know we don't put out a ton of YouTube content out of the live arena. Like we do a lot of live stuff. Obviously, these chats, the watch parties, like I said. Um, hopefully, maybe we we'll start doing a little bit more of that this off season. But you know, we're just—I just want to hang and talk ball, man, with my friends. So thanks for recognizing that because I really appreciate it, Sean. Because that's exactly what we're trying to do. Um, Robin, how are you, man? Thanks for the super chat. You said one, two, but is it one, two, three with Torre? Kids got it. I like Torre a lot. I think he's got a chance to be productive in the league, but man, and look, who knows? Regardless, you know, whatever happens this offseason, you got to think kids going to get a shot, right? At least to try and like contribute a little bit more because between, you know, I think Randall Cobb is probably done. Although maybe not. Who knows what happens with Rodgers? Maybe he comes back. I don't know. But I think he's done, right? Um, Sammy Watkins was an absolute miss. You know, they'll undoubtedly try to bring in another vet, but they're probably going to be somewhat limited given the cap situation, right? Maybe they draft another guy, but yeah, Torrey could get opportunities just because, man, they need to go young and have some young talent play a lot given their cap situation. 
So and I don't I don't mean to belittle or dismiss Toure's possibility as a player, right? But he's a seventh rounder for a reason. He the upside just isn't there the way it is with the other two guys. That doesn't mean he can't be a very productive player in the NFL. I think he can be. I think he's shown, as you say, kids got it. He's shown he belongs. Like I'm not dismissing him. But man, if you're the Packers, you got to try and do better. You got to try and find more guys with more upside. That uh, again, I'm not trying to dismiss him. Um, and look, who knows what happens with Alan Lazard? I tend to think Lazard's probably gone. So again, more opportunities, right? Now he hits the weight room, bulks up a little bit. Maybe he can get a little bit more involved in the run game. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I'm not completely dismissing him. Smalls, thanks for the super chat. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when hearing that the front office feels like they can run it back and have a chance at a Super Bowl after the fifth try. Okay, well, I want to. I'm glad you asked or put this out there because I do want to kind of address that. I keep seeing this people intimating that the front office wants to quote run it back. I haven't seen or heard any of that. I've heard Matt Lafleur say that he wants to keep his coaching staff intact and run that back. But I don't know where people are getting the Packers want to run it back with this group. I have not heard that at all or seen that anywhere. So I think maybe the message is getting mixed here a little bit. I don't know. Unless there's something out there that I'm not aware of, maybe you guys can help me. But I haven't seen or like even felt that indication from the team that, oh, yeah, we're absolutely keeping every, keeping the band together as far as you know the te- the players. The coaching staff, yes. The players, I we have no idea what their plan is yet. I mean, what the season's been over for like two days. So yeah, I wouldn't bang your head against the wall on that one just yet. Aaron Gonzalez, thanks for the super chat. Yesterday, Matt LaFleur yesterday. Oh, you mean on Monday. Yesterday, Matt LaFleur talking about guys doing too much beyond their role. Kind of seemed like he was talking about Rogers there too. I would have said no. I, I would have said didn't agree with you, Aaron, if he hadn't used the phrase hero ball while he was talking about it. Unprompted. A couple weeks ago, I know Matt Schneidman asked him something regarding hero ball, and he said he didn't like that phrase. And then literally on Monday, while he's talking about exactly what you're talking about here, guys doing too much or outside their roles, he then segued into the phrase hero ball, which he said he doesn't like, right? And we all know that's a very charged phrase around these here parts, and it's usually reserved for describing the play of one Aaron Charles Rogers. So I don't know, but uh, yeah, I kind of got the same feeling, Aaron. Very much did. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Flambeau, thanks for the super chat. 
All these fans saying fire everyone bugs me. If any of them got the GM, they'd be run out of town in two years. This isn't Madden. I mean, it's always this way in the wake of a disappointing end, right? Whether you're missing the playoffs, whether you're in the playoffs and you flame out, whether you just get to the precipice of the Super Bowl and then you lose that NFC Championship game, everyone needs to be fired. Look, and I would say, I would only argue, it's interesting to me to watch so many people once again begging for the defensive coordinator to be fired two years, two years after the previous defensive coordinator Everyone was rallying around to be fired and pitchforks and fire and brimstone. And and then he left and everyone cheered. And then they hired Joe Barry, the guy who now everyone hates. And I understand he wasn't a very popular hire. I get that. Like the, Matt made the wrong choice, quote unquote. That's what the kind of narrative will be, right? But man, you just because you get rid of somebody doesn't mean the next dude is going to be better or great. You know what I mean? I understand Matt's desire for some continuity here. He has been somewhat volatile. People think like, oh, he's like, you know, he doesn't want to rock the boat or whatever. But like, yo, he fired two special teams coordinators, had a defensive coordinator walk. Last offseason, he had a bunch of offensive assistants walk. I understand his desire to keep this group intact and continue to develop and get better. I saw that on Twitter just this afternoon. Someone in my replies or mentions words like, you know, they're keeping the same staff together. They're going to be just as bad. It's like, so players can develop, but coaches can't. That's ridiculous. Coaches can get better. And obviously, Matt is banking on that. And hey, more power to him. It's his decision. It's his life and it's his career. Man, if I got the job of head coach of the Green Bay Packers and I had the opportunity to hire whoever I wanted, which is what Matt has, you damn right I'd be acquiescing to my boys. Man, Tyler Herrick, special teams coordinator. You know, Corey Banky, quarterback coach. Like, no doubt. Come on. You only get the shot once, right? I'm going up to the like the heavens or I'm going down to hell with my boys. So I get, man, I get it. Matt, thanks for the super chat. I asked last night if Green Bay would ponder taking a tight end in round one, but after thinking about it, it feels more or most likely we target a safety with that pick. I tell you what, I think a safety is more likely than a tight end. Um, Packers just have traditionally not viewed the tight end as a premium position. Now, again, as I said on happy hour last night, I say that, you know, same could have been said about off-ball linebacker prior to the selection of Quay Walker last year, right? So who knows about norms and precedents and whatever. But yeah, tight end in round one, especially at 15, that feels really rich. Real. I talked about that on Beer and Ball with uh, Billy. This Beer and Ball with Billy. Uh, this this morning. Um, if you haven't checked that out, do so. It's here on the uh, YouTube channel. He's all hot to trot for that kid from Notre Dame. Uh, here's how much I keep up with uh, the draft or college football. I had no idea who he was talking about. I know like maybe two college football players at this point. I'll get there. The combine will come and I'll... I'll have done my work, but like right now, I have no idea. So he was telling me all about it. And I'm like, I'm sure this kid is great, but a tight end at 15, the Packers who usually want to select premium positions in their mind, premium, you know, probably offensive tackle, defensive tackle, cornerback, maybe safety. Those are the positions that I would look at if I'm a Packers fan. But that's just me. Tyler, thanks for the super chat. How did we get from all gas, no breaks to this? 
Tyler, I would posit that uh, we saw some all gas, no break on Sunday night when they chose to go for it on fourth and inches and hand the ball to Alan King Lazard on an end around. No, I'm not bitter at all. Why do you ask? I love the decision to go for it deep in your own end on fourth down. I hated the play call. So, man, you know, there's still all gas, no break. Matt goes for it on fourth down just as much, if not more, than most people in the league. They've been highly unsuccessful on fourth down. I mean, they are one of the worst teams as far as fourth down conversion rate goes in 2022. So they just haven't been very successful, but all gas, no break, baby. That's the mantra. Let's go. Randy, God bless you. Hey, bud. Our Bucks game starts at seven. Bucks playing with the Atlanta Hawks. Is that ping pong? What, what sport is that? I kid. I kid because I love. Look, man, I, I don't pay attention to much now until uh, until uh, the Brewers start. Although I'll be watching Chelsea, even though they're going to be a fucking disaster the second half of the season. Um, Carl, thanks for the super chat. I'm really excited about Watson, Dobbs, Enigbare, Wyatt, Tom, and Walker. If they all take the year two step, so promising. Thanks for the season, Nags. Thank you, Carl. And yes, how could you not be excited about Enigbari? Holy cow. You talk about a kid who comes on the scene and is thrust into probably way more playing time than they were expecting uh, as far as after Rashawn Gary went down. That kid showed so much promise. You talk about a high ceiling. I mean, he was outstanding. His win rate was incredible. Now he's got to put on some muscle. He's got to do a better job setting the edge and things of that nature. But yeah. And then you throw in Zach Tom. Are you kidding me? Devontae Wyatt, we'll see. I don't know. I, we just got to see him play more. You know, I'm not completely sold one way or the other on the kid, but I definitely think we'll see more of him next season. Absolutely have to get him on the field. Uh, what else we got here? John, thank you for the super chat. Why do you think 12 seems to crumble under pressure now? It used to thrive under pressure. Dallas, Arizona playoff. But last three years or so, Father Time? I mean, Father Time is undefeated. Some of it, I think, is just reverting to kind of bad habits. You know, and it's not a question of he wants to make a play, right? I do think there's absolutely something to the idea that, you know, you, you get into a pressure situation and you start to kind of want to go to what's comfortable. You want to go to what you know and works well. The problem is, is they don't really, they, I mean, hell, what did we talk about the whole first half of this season? Never really had a bread and butter. They never really had an identity. And so when they get into these fourth quarter situations, you know, in the past, it was get it to Devante. And hell, they flamed out the last two years with a throw to Devante, whether it was against Tampa or San Francisco last year. That was his comfort, right? This season never really had that thing that they could just 100% rely on. So you get to the fourth quarter, you get that pressure in your face, throw it up to Watson, because that's as close as he had to something to, quote, you know, hang his hat on. Um, I will stay, I will maintain to the day I pass this away from this earth, though. On that play, yes, he's got a linebacker in his face, but he also has Alan Lazard cutting open at the time if he trusts the design of the play and stands in and takes a hit. And that's the other thing. You talk about old and cold, that's a perfect example. The whole fourth quarter of that game and the whole, basically, playoff game against San Francisco last year is an example of an old and cold quarterback. Not wanting to take that hit, get the ball in my hand, because I don't want to stand in here and take that blow, even if I know it means I'm going to probably, I've got a much better chance of completing the pass and converting for a first down. You know, the throw to the double 
covered Devontae last year was the ultimate old and cold play. And that on that play, they had it blocked up really well. So, you know, and look, I know the Rodgers stands get all upset when I talk like this. And I get it, man. Rodgers is great. He's an all-time great. But it, it's done, man. It's done. Yes, could they go out next year and win a bunch of games? No question about it. Especially if they get a better performance from their offensive line throughout the season. You can still chuck it around the yard, still put up a bunch of yardage and points and all of that. But you get to the crunch time, you get to that game in Lambeau that matters the most. He's just going to fail you again. I mean, I don't know how many times you got to see the movie until you don't, you know, you go back in thinking, oh, this ending is going to be different. It's time, man. Father time. Undefeated. Vex, thanks for the super chat. I love you, Nags. I'm required to tilt you with my questions. The experience you give us is unrivaled in Packers coverage. Oh, man, dude. Thank you. No tilting. All love, baby. Johnny Rivers. Now, here's a guy who tilts. No, I'm kidding. Johnny, this team was close. Players need to execute. Too many drops on both sides. Nixon not starting is a pretty unforgivable mistake on coaching, though. I mean, yes and no. The thing that I keep coming back to is because I was very much in the kind of chorus of, like, you had him right there on your bench and you didn't know it. But, you know, neither did the Raiders. I mean, and he was there for a number of years. You know, it's not like he had displayed this great ability as a returner. It's not something that he was known for. It's not something he did. You know, and he was the one kind of advocating for it. And then they finally tried him and it was like, oh, wait, this kid can do it. Don't ever forget the first return he had this year was a ball that was way above his head. You know, talk about misjudging it and at the last second just kind of flailing for a catch. I think that's the example of what the coaches are afraid of, right? But then we saw the ability and the rest is history. So I yeah, I hear you. I understand the idea of like, oh, they had him on the bench the whole time, but it's not like he was this proven returner that had done it a bunch, you know? And look, doing it in the game is what you got to see. Like, yeah, you could return punts uh, with a jugs machine and a mush rush like of guys in practice who aren't allowed to hit you, you know, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, until you do it in a game, it's very very hard. Uh, Menace, thanks for the super chat. What do you take from 13's comments post game? Loss aside, there definitely seem to be some shots across the bow aimed at 1265. I know a lot of people have talked about that, but I don't see that. I saw a guy this past offseason who took an opportunity because of a very unique contract situation the fact that he didn't need to sign his tender and show up, so he didn't. And he hoped he would come in this season and put up big numbers, and that didn't happen. But he knows he's going to hit the market and he's going to get paid big money. The Packers probably can utilize him better than any other team, but they're not going to be able to pay him the way other teams are going to be able to pay him. He knows that. So I don't think, I don't think there's this great kind of feud that maybe we perceive publicly, but I think he, you know, made a business decision this last off season. Uh, he bet on himself and it didn't quite pay out, pay off the way he hoped it would, but he's still going to get paid in free agency. I mean, the Chicago Bears are sitting there with a hundred and twenty, a hundred and twenty-four million dollars in cap space. I think they can find a spot for Alan Lazard. And you talk about wanting to get back at your old team. Perfect way to do it. Go down there, work with Getzy in an offense that you know. Start start doing that work against the Packers. I fully expect it to happen. I just don't. I don't. I just think it's more business driven than than it is personal like animosity. Joe's Home Theater, thanks for the Super Chat. 
I think Barry is safe unless the Jets fire Sala. I'm a big fan of Brian Flores' idea. Also, how much of a pay cut would 12 take to retire? Oh, I have no idea on the 12 thing. Although I did posit on Twitter earlier, well, I think it was last night, uh, coming off of our happy hour because we were talking about it. I Mark Murphy should just offer him like a fifty million to a hundred million dollar marketing deal to retire. You know, that doesn't affect the salary cap. Did the same thing to Brett Favre, offered him twenty million dollars to stay retired. Of course, Brett didn't do it. But you know, whatever you're set to pay Rogers salary wise, just say, like, hey man, here's a ten year, hundred million dollar marketing deal. Thanks for everything you've done. I mean that sure beats a Rolex. That's all I know. Um, as far as like the Sala thing, I don't think Sala's going anywhere. He just let Matt Lef- or Matt LaFleur's brother go as his offensive coordinator, which I think is going to make things a little interesting the next time the LaFleur's and the Salas get together. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I love Sala as a coordinator, D coordinator. And I actually think he's a pretty damn good head coach. Uh, they've got to figure out the quarterback position, obviously, there in, in New York with the Jets. But yeah, I think Salah's a good coach. So I would love it. And I, I like the Brian Flores idea as well, but I don't think Barry's going anywhere. Ed, thanks for the super chat. I thought we'd have a 10 or 11 win season, so expectations weren't met. Cheesehead TV exceeded expectations in a difficult year. Thanks. It's really kind of you to say, Ed. Really appreciate it, man. Fantastic freaks. Thanks for the super chat. Speaking of young guys, Jordan Love looked good. Didn't see him as much as some of the others, but what bits I saw, I really like. Hope Roger stays, but I feel okay with Love compared to a year ago. Yes. It's interesting how I got to think Packers fans are a little more comfortable. Of course, the Rodgers stands, the really hyper ones will never kind of admit to this. But I got to think Packers fans feel a little bit better about Jordan Love after seeing him in that stint in Philly. Like not completely comparing it to Rodgers coming in against Dallas back in the day, but it's similar in the sense of like you saw the potential. I mean, he made some great throws, made some great plays put some points on the board and move the football and operated the offense at a pretty damn high level against a pretty damn good team. So yeah, no, I I think you feel a lot better about Jordan love after that performance than you did last year with his start in Kansas city. So, and look, here's the thing. Jordan loves ready to play. I don't know what's going to happen at the QB spot. I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, but I will tell you this. If Rodgers decides to come back, you better expect, Jordan Love to demand a trade. Now, I don't think the Packers have to necessarily acquiesce to that demand, but it's coming because he is ready to play. Zero doubt about it. Gary, thanks for the super chat. Sunday night is fading fast. Onward and upward. There you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. That is it, baby. Dustin, thanks for the super chat. Nags just bought a house on Shadow Lane. Maybe I'll see you next season. Dustin, holy cow, you're going to be neighbors with Corey Banky? Amazing. Amazing. Rob, thank you for the super chat. We need a whole team. I've seen it for two decades now in Elite QB. Carry this team to the playoffs only to fail. I think that's what Brian has been trying to nudge him towards. All this focus on defense to try and build something up on that side of the ball. Now, hopefully we get a little bit better, more consistent performance on that side of the ball. But yeah, the the superstar QB taking you all the way. I mean, you can still ride those coattails if you're uh, able to land one of the premier prospects. Buffalo's doing it right now. Kansas City did it as well. You know, like you got to be in position to get one of those guys. And I don't know if the Packers have that guy in Jordan Love, but clearly they took him as a very young project. Now it's, I think, time to transition to him and try to be a more complete team. Uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. Carl, thanks for the super chat. 
Something that frustrated me, I thought Clements was going to help 12 with his bad habits. It didn't seem to make any difference this year. Oh, yeah. Come on now. Tom Clements is there to drink wine and tell Aaron what's up. Great job, buddy. That's, I mean, I'm sure he's there giving him coaching, and I'm sure he's breaking things down in the film room and blah, blah, blah. But it's not what you think he's going to. Do you think anyone's going to be there giving hard coaching to 12 at this point? That ain't happening. Dustin, again, what's up, man? I think I'll be across the road two down from Corey. All right, man. I'm going to come see you. I'm going to come see you at uh, training camp in the summer. So have some uh, cold beer for me because I'm going to show up and say hello. All right, everybody, I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family. Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. I'll see you on Packer Transplants tomorrow night. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go. Yeah.